You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. Those of us who have been in tech or other male-dominated industries are familiar with the challenges that women face. But how often do we think about how the things we do can better support women and encourage women in tech? I'm Mike Pastor from Technology Advice. This is a topic we've wanted to cover for quite a while on B2B Nation. So when Jamie Porter, Senior Director of Marketing at M&J Technologies, said she was passionate about women in tech ahead of her appearance on the show, we were pretty excited. So Jamie and I are going to talk about the ways that all of us, regardless of gender identity, can help increase opportunities, mentor, and support women in tech. We'll also talk about professional development, making sure your team gets the recognition it deserves through internal marketing and more. Have a listen. Jamie Porter, welcome to B2B Nation. Why don't you take a couple minutes and tell us who you are and what you do? Thanks so much for having me here today, Mike. Um, my name is Jamie Porter. I'm the Senior Director of Marketing at MNJ Technologies. We're a fast-growing digital transformation and managed services provider, and we're headquartered in Buffalo Grove, Illinois. Um, I've been in the IT channel for 21 years, and I've worked my way up through various sales and marketing roles for 15 years and now have been with MNJ for a little over six. All right. Let's talk a little bit about women in tech. I have a young daughter, and I often think about what she's going to end up doing as an adult from time to time. What has been your experience as a woman in tech, and how does that maybe compare to other women in tech? As somebody who works in the channel, you are in a position to potentially come in contact with a lot of women who are in tech. Yes, absolutely. So I, I started back in 2000 in the tech industry. Um, I was out of college and looking for a career path that had a secure future and strong growth opportunities. You know, I was young and passionate and looking to make a difference somehow and be part of something really amazing. And I found myself very drawn to the tech industry and specifically to organizations that had cultures built around equality and inclusion with a strong sense of empowerment and collaboration throughout. And I ended up taking an interview with a Fortune 20 tech organization and just felt that instant connection with the company and what they stood for. And as I learned more about their culture, and the fact that women could be found throughout the hierarchy, all the way up through the CEO at the time, it left me feeling really strong feelings of excitement and strong potential. So I took the job and I immediately gravitated to, you know, as many positive and passionate personalities as I could, people who I could tell had strong morals that I could learn a lot from and worked really hard pretty quickly worked my way up through different roles and just kept that same attitude and really focused on three specific things, which was working hard, continuing to grow and develop and surrounding myself with people that had positive and you know passionate personalities with strong morals. And honestly, those three focus areas have stayed with me throughout my entire career. And, you know, over the years, as with many women in tech, I was definitely faced with times where I was the only woman in the room or the only woman on my team. Um, and there were times where I felt left out of activities or things because of my gender. And there were times when I felt that I had to work three or four times as hard as other team members to really prove myself. But I always stood tall. I always persevered. 
And time and again, those hard times always blossomed into opportunities. And I think something that really helped me along the way was as part of that third focus area, the one about surrounding myself with the right people was I always ensured that I had a mentor, even in those early years. I always made sure I had someone who I could look to for coaching and guidance. Um, And in the beginning, I had one in particular who happened to be a male, and he was incredibly uplifting and supportive and always helped me through struggles and even those struggles that were related to gender issues. He was a father and really understood the situation that women in tech were in. And he taught me how to advocate for myself and how to push past my boundaries. And you really, that stayed with me throughout my entire career. And I I very much value that experience. So that kind of leads me to today where I proudly work at a woman-owned company. Um, It's an organization where women can be found throughout. And our culture is one of family and inclusion and strong ethics where people come first. Um, Our employees, our customers, our partners all take priority in every decision we make. And, you know, back in 2000, I was drawn to those innovative companies with high energy and collaborative cultures. And that's still today what I'm drawn to. Um, The culture of the company that you work for has such a strong correlation with the experience that you have working there. And I, you know, I know so many women that were in tech years ago that had families, got married, and left the industry because of inequalities or the lack of a good support system and just pursued opportunities in different industries that tended to be more inclusive. So overall, I've been very fortunate as as I've had a really positive experience throughout the years. And I really attribute that to making it a priority to seek out the right company culture for me from day one. Uh, I think that had a really strong impact on my experience over the years. I say about 2000, maybe a year or two before then is when I got into the tech world. Mm -hmm. I came from life science. Normally, I think a lot of people would consider life science to be pretty male dominated, but I came from an environment where I was the only guy in the department. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was interesting and educational. Let's talk about support programs. You talked about having a mentor. Mentorship is something that's come up on B2B Nation quite a bit. A lot of our guests have had a person who could help them navigate their company, navigate their career, whether it's an official coach or a mentor who sort of played that role. What type of support or programs do you think will help get more women involved in tech and keep them in the industry once they get there? You talked about how not unusual to hear about women who are in the, in the industry and left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you look at the industry overall, I think Gartner says there's about 28% of the industry is made up of women. And I recently saw a report on CNBC that said 38% of women in tech are saying they're planning to leave their tech jobs altogether in the next two years. So, you know, the, the statistics are not great for women in tech and they're not improving right now, which is unfortunate. So companies really need to take this seriously and plan their employee programs to support all employees. And, and, you know, this needs to include recruiting strategies, employee benefit programs, and employee retention programs. Women, at least in my experience, are looking for a lot of things when they assess a company. And culture, as I mentioned previously, is definitely one of them. 
you know, we look for what a company stands for. What are the company's values? um, How do they treat their employees? And can women be found throughout the organization at, at all levels? It could be found very demotivating for a potential candidate or a new hire to come on board, only to find out that the entire leadership team is all male, that that candidate or new employee could find that there just aren't great growth opportunities for them at that company. So it's really important to not only make sure that you're having a diverse workforce, but having programs in place that will attract and retain women and help them grow along the way. Some programs, you know, that come to top of mind are flexible PTO programs, you know, obviously competitive and equal pay, 401k match programs, but then other things that I think are not as common as they should be, like mentorship programs and professional development programs that can include training, tuition reimbursement, things along those lines. Also, opportunities to do philanthropy, you know, giving back to our communities is important. And finding fulfillment in work and life. You know, we talk about work-life balance, work-life fulfillment. I think having programs like that is very appealing to candidates out there. And, you know, lastly, just offering your employees opportunities to network with others, whether it's joining communities outside of the company and the industry, things just to network and stay abreast of current trends and get to know others that are out there in in the same industry. Yeah. There There have always been certain parts, especially in tech, I think, certain parts of the industry that attract more women marketing, mm-hmm. I think, because, you know, you always see more women, right? You don't see as many women in software engineering, software development. Right. What are your thoughts on how we could kind of balance out the roles that women are drawn to or attracted to, or is it a hiring thing? Are we more likely to hire women for marketing? Yeah, I, I think it's a mixture of, of both things, really. If you look at degrees that women are pursuing, there are a good amount of women pursuing computer science degrees, but that when they get, when they graduate and they get into the industry, they're not always taking jobs in that field. They're finding jobs in other fields that have cultures and programs that are more suitable to them at that stage in their life. So I think just expanding, focusing and expanding on company culture and having companies that are really focusing on programs that support who they're trying to attract out there is critical for success. We've had a number of guests on B2B Nation who, like you said, science degrees, engineering degrees, mm-hmm. programming backgrounds. And then, like you said, they end up in marketing. And, right, right. You know, you know I, don't, I don't know that any of them would say they were forced there. Right. But it's a causation correlation thing where they kind of maybe passively pushed in that direction. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You mentioned professional development for for team members of both Mm -hmm. genders. What is your approach to professional development? What type of development was available to you when you started in the industry and how has that affected how you like to help talent develop? Sure. So professional development, in my opinion, is not talked about enough out there. It's so important. I know there are a lot of people like myself who consider themselves lifelong learners. They wanna continue to grow, they wanna develop, and there's always new things out there related to any role that you may have that you can continue to develop on. Um, I mean, when I started in the industry, again, things were quite different back in 2000 than they are today. Um, We didn't have a lot of online training opportunities but we did have opportunities for training. They just weren't as easily accessible. We would travel, which was nice as a 
young new person in the industry. I enjoyed that traveling and meeting new people and going out to sales and marketing trainings across the country. That was always a great experience. Um, and then I sought out, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching and mentoring, as I mentioned previously, which was very helpful. Um, and then I was fortunate enough when I started to work for an organization that offered a very robust tuition reimbursement program. So after I was in the industry for a few years, I was able to go back and get my master's in business administration. And that was really great because I had a few years of real world experience under my belt already and had a job actively in the field where I was able to put what I was learning to use immediately, which was so nice, so valuable. Today at, at M&J, you know, we have a great professional development program, and I wish other companies out there had similar things for their employees. Our employees have the opportunity to develop a PDP, a professional development plan, with their manager. And this isn't one of those things where you go through the work, you fill out the paperwork, and it, and it just sits there and nothing's done. It's a, it's a very comprehensive program where we look at it ongoing every month during plan and review sessions with our employees. We help support them and coach them to reach their goals. You know, it's those one-on-one -on -one sessions every month are so important. And we're able to check in with employees on their OKRs and the progress that we're making, but we're also able to help them and coach them at, at a bigger level, a, t a total work-life fulfillment level, not just what did you do this month and how can I help you be more successful? And then you know, it's it, on the work-life fulfillment front, it's important to have programs like that to support your employees. We have a program called Work-Life Fulfillment at MNJ, and it's really built around offering employees the opportunity to participate in group and one-on-one -on -one discussions, if desired, with a member of the leadership team to talk about, you know, the big picture of your life, your, your big why. Why are you working and living? What's your purpose? And, you know, really setting goals and making progress for personal purposes as well as professional purposes through that program. That's really how we truly find happiness and success in life. So it's important for us to support our employees through that whole endeavor. And this program is great. It guides you through managing life and work together. It helps employees dive into questions like, how do you define success? And if you need to make changes in your life, how do you reset or pivot to make the most out of your life overall. And then outside of M&J, I participate in an organization called Alliance of Channel Women, which has been such a valuable experience for me. I work on the mentoring committee with this organization. So I'm responsible for helping women in tech connect with others to really grow and develop and network. Um, you know, and we offer one-on-one -on -one mentoring and a very popular mentor circle program it's incredibly well received. We bring small groups of mentees together with a facilitator for essentially guided group mentoring every month. So it it's a group of, you know, it can be anywhere from six to 12 people and you have your facilitator and then you have your mentees as part of the group, but it's just sharing and bouncing ideas off of one another and really diving into different topics each month, leadership topics, communication topics, growth and development topics to support women in the industry. You know, and, and I talked about mentorship a little bit earlier as well, but I do strongly encourage everyone at any stage in their career to find a mentor. And to those who are a little bit further along in their careers, consider being a mentor to someone else. You know, you can have a huge impact on someone's growth by setting aside just a little time to help coach and guide. You know, and overall, 
I can't stress how important professional development is, including mentorship and all the other programs that I mentioned. You know, we're, we're never done learning as, as humans, as the industries evolve and change, there is always something new to learn. I mean, I've been in the tech industry for 21 years, but I'm not even close to being done learning. I have so much more that I can dive into. And I'm currently enrolled in a dual certification program through the American Marketing Association and the Digital Marketing Institute so that I can gain new insights around digital marketing. Things are changing so rapidly. You know, it's important that we have some formal education and areas to help us dive into new things. Yeah, we we talk about the change constantly, I feel like, mm-hmm. on this podcast, the way that yes. marketing has changed over the past decade, over the past two years with the, the loss of in-person events. Like just there's always something that just isn't the same as it was six months ago, six weeks yes. ago, even, right? Yes. <laughs> what do you think makes a good mentor? We talked a lot about mentorship, and I was thinking about this. We did an episode with Pedro Ramos from OMD a few weeks back, and we talked about mentorship. We asked people to tag their mentors in the comments of the LinkedIn post, and I tagged a couple of people who taught me an awful lot. One of the things that Pedro said that stuck with me, he has mentors who, if you ask them, wouldn't say they were mentors to him. That makes sense. I almost didn't realize they were in that role. Yeah. Um, but he wouldn't say they were. So I think you got to be a good listener. You got to have experience. But what else goes into being a mentor? Yeah. And actually, the first thing I was going to say is being an active listener. I think that's critical. And something as women in this industry don't always have easy access to is another, you know, in this case, if it's a woman to woman mentorship, another woman, a woman who is willing to actively listen and share experiences that may help and guide you. Um, I think just having a couple of years experience is is plenty to be a mentor to someone else. It, it really requires active listening and reflection, sharing, guiding, all of those things. But it starts with the listening. You know, if you can find somebody who is willing to listen and kind of help you work through struggles or guide you or coach you on what worked for them or maybe what didn't work from them, that's equally important for someone to learn. I think that's really the the brunt of it. Part of developing a team and building camaraderie is team recognition, what you mm-hmm. might call internal marketing. Yes. What do you do to ensure that your team gets credit for their work, even if it's not you know, a huge bottom line thing, right? You could look at all the marketing data and say, we did this and it helped the company, but what do you do to make sure that the small things get recognized? Yeah, yeah, I think that's such an important topic too. When most people think about marketing, they immediately think about that external facing marketing element, but not everyone thinks about the internal marketing components and they're so important and it's such a fun topic to talk about. So. I think of internal marketing as ways to build your culture for your company and connect employees as, you know, we're all working towards the same goal at the end of the day. So it's important to connect people in different ways. We have a corporate theme every year. and This year's theme is Champions Unleashed. And I just love this theme. It's all about breaking barriers and helping employees find and unleash their, you know, passion and grit. And again, working together towards mutual goals Um, But we have so much fun with these themes from marketing assets around the office to employee games, recognition programs, employee outings. Uh, We have an employee advisory board, which is made up of employees from every department at the company, and they meet regularly to brainstorm on a variety of topics. 
from employee programs to philanthropy, things like that. And then we also have an employee excellence club, which is a program where it's peer nominated. So employees are nominating other employees by submitting specific examples of how that employee embraced and is living our company values. So our values are trust, excellence, accountability, and momentum. If you take the first letter of each, it's team. <laughs> so it's really a way to nominate people and recognize people who are living and breathing those values every day. Um, and our advisory board is actually the ones who review those nominations and help select the winners, which is great. Um, and then for sales, of course, we have recognition programs for them that are a little bit different. Um, we have our Million Dollar Masters Club and President's Club, who's heading to the Dominican Republic in two months. So very exciting for those folks. Um, but other fun internal marketing initiatives are like our annual anniversary party that everyone looks forward to every year. Um, we have a very competitive ping pong tournament for employees every year. <laughs> and then, you can't yeah. discuss the tech industry without mentioning ping pong. I know, I know. <laughs> and, and then, you know, philanthropy and give back opportunities really have a way of bringing employees together and letting them collaborate on different activities. And then I think transparency and communication is key in this area, too. And, you know, we do coffee talks and things like that to keep the communication wide open between the executive team and the employees just for transparency's sake. Yeah, this is another area where technology has helped. Uh, yeah. Break down some of the barriers, opened up the transparency, like you said, tools mm -hmm. like assembly, where you can recognize somebody and award them trophies, points, things like yeah. that. Even if you have a Slack channel where it's for where people can shout out people. Yeah. You and I both know 20 years ago, if you felt like you weren't getting credit for the work you did, you had very limited options. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> we use Workplace by Facebook today internally as as our mechanism for giving high fives, you know, to other employees and just so peers can give peers other recognition and the whole company gets to see it and get involved and kind of give everybody a, a, a kudos for it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there was a quarterly get together in the break room where you yes. mentioned somebody's <laughs> name. <laughs> the good old days. Oh. What is your favorite tool? What is that thing you cannot work without? And we always ask people, just don't say your phone because none of us can do anything without our phones. <laughs> but unless there's a specific app that you just can't do your job without. Sure. What is that tool for you? So my, my top tool has to be my Outlook calendar. I cannot live or function without it, but that one's kind of an obvious one. So let me share another tool with you. Um, there's one tool that I'm coming to really love and it's called Flowdesk. Um, it's actually a very inexpensive email newsletter tool. And we use it for some of our newsletters internally, but we've crafted a way for us to house our very innovative ROI dashboard inside of Flowdesk. Um, and this dashboard is really, it's a great tool. It allows us to share with our executive team and our vendor sponsors for any marketing campaigns or events we do, um, the ROI based on those. So everyone wants to see ROI at the end of the day. And this allows us in kind of that executive dashboard manner to share those metrics and how our campaigns and events have performed in a really easy to digest format. So Flowdesk keeps it really simple for us to share this data and everyone loves the dashboard, but we really love how, how easy Flowdesk makes it for us to customize it and share it out. So that, that's my tool I'll, I'll share with you for today. <laughs> 
All right, flow desk. That is a new one. No one's yeah. mentioned that one before. <laughs> Jamie Porter, thanks for taking the time to talk on B2B Nation. Well, of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Jamie Porter for appearing on B2B Nation. If you found this episode helpful or insightful, subscribe to B2B Nation on Apple, Google, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Thanks to the technology advice team. Amy Dunn, Sarah Sanders, KJ Pace, Caroline Rashar, and Emily Whalen. Mnemonics in the Guild composed our theme song. We'll catch you next time on B2B Nation.